0: Disclaimer: This episode contains details about sexual assault and rape. If you feel like this could be triggering for you, please don't feel like you have to listen. Okay, let's open a drink because I feel like we're going to need it for this. Yeah. Well, i have already—I've had one margarita. Yeah, I know. I bought it for you. I know, but yeah. what I'm saying
1: is, I've—I t- just took three creatine pills. Okay. And it's the first time I've ever had them, so uh, like, I like—I wonder what it's going to do. Do you think it give me the shits?
0: Hmm. cares? I mean... Save I, me a douche. I feel... <laughs> yeah. Don't no, you have sex after this? as planned, anyway. well, I, Do you know what? Actually,
1: I just got a message from him being like, do you think you're actually mate tonight? Because I'm thinking of ordering pizza. I was like, okay. Pushy. Oh, what was he going to put him? No. Oh. What's, why does it matter? Have a pizza. Oh. Eat the slice while you're fucking me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that really doesn't speak well of me. <laughs> you're literally like, use my tramp stamp as a table. <laughs> Just put that little garlic dip on there.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah. So what's the issue? Or is he? No. Or, or do you think he's like, oh, are you coming tonight? Because I'm thinking of ordering pizza. So if you are, I'll order more.
1: I don't care.
0: <laughs> You're like, did I ask for a dinner? I asked for a dip.
1: I uh, yeah. i was supposed to get my arse eaten, and now you want pizza instead? Right. Well, fuck you. <laughs>
0: listening to cocktails and confessions this episode is sponsored by hot octopus the luxury sex toy brand who guarantee your mind-blowing pleasure but you know i was thinking about this earlier you know when people are like i love eating ass," i'm like <laughs> but it doesn't taste of anything
1: mm. i always it's like, i get that a lot though like even when i'm sucking a dick I'm like, I wish there was a bit more flavour here. Oh, that
0: sounds disgusting, actually. I don't wish there was whatever flavour is usually available. No, but do you know what? I think it depends because sometimes, especially with like uncut guys, and not saying that the taste is obviously smegma because it's not. <laughs> but we where we have like juices and pre-cum, mm. it definitely tastes like dick. Mm. And I think it depends on the type of dick. So sometimes like maybe the cut ones don't have as much taste. And it's, do you know what? It's kind of the same for bum house, because... <laughs> Why are you just staring down? Because consider...
1: Because <laughs> I just don't know what, like, with the topic of
0: the, the podcast that we're about to go into, like...
1: And we're seeing... <laughs> it's
0: fine, we can have a joke first. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um And it's the same with anuses, because the ones... <laughs> Anuses. The ones which are just like normal anuses have a bit of flavour, but right. <laughs> the ones which are like an inny, and they don't have like any lips or anything. <laughs> what? They don't have any like wrinkles. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes sometimes I'll see a guy's bum hole and I'm like, how does your bum hole look? Oh, and it literally just looks like a bullet hole. Yeah. Yeah, them ones don't taste of anything. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm enjoying eating this, but like, where's the flavour? It could be like licking a baby born, you know, or a a Barbie. Oh, okay. I was like, why am I licking a baby? (laughs) So. So, we we are are (laughs) talking at
1: the same time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> we well we're here to do our first serious episode yeah really i think we're a little bit off
1: well not off our game with it but it's not the kind of thing we usually we don't launch so early into the serious
0: stuff no and also this is going to be like one of the most serious things that we've ever talked about yeah uh the serious the most serious thing that we've ever talked about yeah, i mean uh, yeah i personally can laugh and joke about death and things like that but i wouldn't get up and do like jokes in my stand up about like rape or sexual assault because I just don't... Although I could hear a joke from somebody and if it was really well-crafted, like, yeah, okay, I might crack a smile. I'm not that uptight about it, even though it's happened to me. But I personally just wouldn't make a joke about it because I just think, like, why would you break your back trying to make that funny, Yeah, (laughs) you know?
1: Oddly enough, um, the reason I realised I'd been sexually assaulted one of the times was because years later I started making a joke about the situation in which it happened. Mm. And one of my friends actually had to take me out. We were at a dinner at a Indian restaurant and I started making a joke about it. And my friend was like that. Everyone got around the table, got really quiet. And I was like, oh, I guess that one just didn't land. And my friend was like, can you come outside for a cigarette, please? I went outside and he's like, what you've just described sounds like you were sexually assaulted. And it's quite... I don't know if you realise that or, like, you know, maybe you don't... You know, like, he was like, I just... It sounds really off to me. Yeah. And after he pointed that out, when I re-examined it, a bunch of other stuff came... It's really weird. I didn't... You know when you say I have repressed memories and you don't yeah, think... Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought, like, that's bullshit. Like, everyone remembers everything. A lot of, like, a lot, bunch of stuff came screaming back to me mm. that I hadn't remembered. Yeah. Because, basically, what... The, the situation that I was talking about was... um. When I was, I think it was, I was at about eight or nine. Um, it wasn't long after my dad had died, but it was when my mum had just started seeing her new, who was going to become her fiance, um, had started dating him, because I think she waited a year or two after he died. Um, and when she started seeing him, obviously they're a new couple, so they want to go like on dates and days out. And sometimes we would go with them, but other times that they, they would go like on a weekend away, you know, and she would leave us, with a friend of hers who lived at the far end of the street in the cul-de-sac and it was a really nice lady we'd known her for a long time she worked at the local supermarket and stuff and her and my mum were friendly and we'd been over there a few times and we'd met her husband as well and they lived in this really cool house I think the The husband did something with like engineering or mechanics or something like that. So they had like a bit of money. They had like a bar in their house and he had all of these like really weird like lawnmowers. like some of them you could sit on and some like that we were allowed to play with. So it was like going to like a theme park, you know, or something, something fun like that. Legoland. Yeah. And he was, uh, the only way I can describe him is like a tank. He was a really, really big guy, like easily about 6'3 or something like that. Really like broad, muscular, bald head and a mustache. And everyone, it was always like the life and soul of the party. And everyone, like, you know, if you were there were people around, he'd be like entertaining everyone. And so, when we were going, sometimes when we would go and stay there, because they had adult children, they still had their bed, like their bedrooms. So, we would be allowed to stay in their rooms. Um, sometimes the woman would take my sister out to go and like get their nails done or do something girly. And I would stay at the house with the husband. And what I well, what I recovered, what what the part that I remembered was basically that the guy had started teaching me, well, teaching me to wrestle naked, and it started off like half clothed. So, how
0: how old are you at this point? Eight or nine, eight or nine. It was in a couple of
1: years after my dad died. It was just in, it was just in that sort of, I think it only, well.
0: The thing is that a lot of that stuff after my dad died is a big condensed blob. Mm. Um, I mean, I think a lot of that is like when you look back on your childhood, a lot of things are blobs anyway. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like, a, but particularly that period of time, because there was a lot of like upheaval and emotional trauma and stuff like that. A lot of it doesn't. So how old were you when your dad died? Seven.
0: Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was eight when my mum died. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I know what you're talking about with regards to, like...
1: Yeah, and all that, like, you're sort of in and out of school and things aren't 100% normal and nothing sort of...
0: Everyone's acting weird around you. You don't really know what's going on. You, I mean, you don't... You're not even developed enough, really, to get your head around the concept. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, when the woman would go out and take my sister out, he would be like, I'm going to teach you to wrestle. And it started off as just tops-off wrestling, which... I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I I presume sometimes that's what p- p- dads do. Or like dads. That's what guys do with boys. I think like maybe in America as well, the wrestling thing is more of a thing. But... Were they American? No. Oh. But, so, no, but I'm just sort of like, I, I don't know why I'm trying to rationalize it. But this is what I mean. I think in my brain, I had just explained it away
0: as something like that. Yeah, that's... It's not... Because it, st- it started off as that, and even, then... Even if it is just, like, shirts off, okay, like, maybe in, like, an American, like, toxic straight household, that might be, like, what they do. Yeah. But it's not normal, especially not in British culture. That is no. not normal.
1: And it progressed from tops off to underwear and then naked. In the
0: same day? No, 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 no. over
1: over a course of time. Okay. So if I would be over there and, they, and my sister would go out with the woman... And I would be there with him, then we would wrestle Mm. and it got progressively more sexual. Yeah. But I think I didn't, again, it was something I didn't realize. It sounds really stupid. I didn't realize it was sexual until I re examined it years later after being someone flagging it to me and being like, this sounds wrong. But he used to, what we would sort of, there would be like a wrestling element to it. And then after a while, especially once it was in underwear and then naked he would just lay on top of me for ages. And like, I remember he would like get really sweaty and red and then like, I guess he got something out of it. I don't, I never got, he never like actually had sex with me, but basically it was all a lot of like pressing himself on top of me and stuff like that. And just kind of like holding me down for a long period of time, like yeah. naked. And then it would be, and then it'll be over. I don't know whether he, I, cause I wouldn't have had any concept of whether he was like a, Coming or anything
0: like that, sure. Yeah, I don't remember anything like that, but again, I was don't see like sexually excited. It seemed like it, like, did he have an erection, is what I mean, or you just don't? I remember,
1: remember, don't remember, really I don't yeah. remember because all I, I get these really like because I was so little in comparison such, to
0: him, and it's such a young age, I was so I was
1: little up. in comparison that his head would be up against mine, mm. so my entire body was basically on his sort of upper torso. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even think, I'm not sure. That my my lower body couldn't have physically been against his crotch so i think he was kind of pressing his chest to mine and i remember because his head would sort of be on a side of my you know like someone is hugging you or something like that yeah, yeah his head and i would feel him getting really hot and really sweaty and he'd get really red as well yeah but i never had i never touched his dick or anything like that but
0: we were naked or in underwear at certain points so it was not okay do you think that there could have been times where maybe something more did happen but that's something that you've repressed even further and you well, don't even this know this is about.
1: it and that's why i'm a bit well, that was why i felt so unnerved by the fact that a bunch of unlocked shit came back after my friend had pointed it out to me mm. and it's something that like i've struggled with this because the, the things i'm going to talk about later as well i've always struggled to put a name to them because i was almost like well that wasn't sexual assault that wasn't rape that wasn't anything like that it was a situation that was inappropriate but you know like i would never have wanted to put a name to it and i really particularly with that incident i don't know how much of that is still locked away yeah or is that the entirety of it and either way it wasn't good and it wasn't an no, appropriate of thing and to happen it was sexual assault
0: still yeah um and also, I think there's like there's a number of reasons why we don't want to put a name to it. Yeah. You know, I think, obviously, there's so much stigma about, especially men going through sexual assault as well. I mm. mean, the stigma there for women is huge. I just feel like men talk about it even less. Yeah. There's so many reasons why we don't even want to label it, and a lot of them are the same reasons why people don't talk about it.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it was it, it's an odd thing because even again like i I didn't realize what it was until years later and even now talking about it i feel like the uh, the urge is to make a joke immediately um and i find like i haven't really talked about it with other people and even like the the other stuff that i'll talk about later i I don't really talk about with other people because i have it's almost like that worry of like people thinking and this is so horrible but like damaged goods
0: yeah yeah sure
1: and that's not how you should. You're like, as a if you're a survivor of sexual violence or sexual assault, then you can't look at yourself in that way. But I think that I'm aware that that stigma exists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it gave me a little bit of pause. Even we, I mean, we've talked about doing this episode for a long time, and even a week ago, I was sort of thinking, "Oh my god, like, what's it gonna, what's going to be the blowback on this? How are people going to see me when they hear this? Like, how how will it be perceived?" But ultimately, I feel. For one, it's a, it's quite freeing to be talking about this openly and knowing that, I mean, we're in a room with two people, it's just you and me here, but knowing that other people are going to hear this and, and, I don't know, either gain some kind of insight or understanding or people who might have experienced something similar and maybe like I was in that particular situation, almost unaware or yeah, sort of like not yeah. fully comprehending what happened. Mm. It might help them recognise something 100% yeah but then that makes me feel a little bit not guilty but maybe people might at all I don't want to like inflict something on someone that they had like successfully gotten over without realizing
0: no but that's why we did a trigger warning at the start of the episode okay yeah um you know I think it, doing that allows people to make the choice whether they want to put themselves in that position to listen to or not yeah uh, but just imagine somebody's listening. They've got like, "Oh yeah, I'll listen to that." I've never been sexually assaulted, and then they're listening to all the memories. <laughs> oh, like, that's so raven. <laughs> oh <my God. sighs>
1: but yeah, that's it. It's the guy. I like. I know now that the guy is dead, so there is not really anything to be done about it. No, I mean, posthumously, did, you can't.
0: When did he die? Do you know? A
1: few years ago, I think he. Um... And when and when did you realize? So I realized this was about two thousand and ten, two thousand and nine. Because it would have been when I was living in water. It was when I was living in Waterloo, so I think that's like two thousand and ten. And I, yeah, I think I found out he died a couple of years later, and I'm not sure how long he'd been dead for. Because it was like you know, you do, you don't. My mum just was like, "Oh, so and so died," and I was like, "Oh, when did that happen?" And when I, I, but I remember thinking, "Good."
0: Hmm. Did you tell your mum? No, no.
1: I yeah, the woman still lives up the end of the street, and I just don't. I don't know what value that would give to my mom and Yeah, I understand. You know, she's already been through quite a lot
0: herself. Yeah, and also like what that guy was like isn't to do with her like that's not her blame to yeah. take on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was probably completely unaware.
1: Yeah, of course. And I I wouldn't want her to to have to what, like feel guilt about that either. No, yeah. Um and yeah, all I can say is like I'm glad the guy's dead. Yeah. And I hope I hope it didn't happen. I mean, his their kids were girls.
0: Okay. So, maybe just it's fucked though. Yeah. And how do you feel like about the situation now? Like, do you still feel kind of affected by it or? It's really hard to know. Yeah.
1: You know, like, I think we've mentioned in the past, like, how do you, or maybe when we've talked about like losing a parent and stuff, um, you're like, oh, do you think it still affects you every day or things like that? And yeah, it, it, it does. I know that. But it's also hard to know what I would be like without that experience. So it's almost like it's a bit dis- worrying. Like the the kind of guys that I am attracted to, does it have anything to do with that? Is that something to do with like because I like big <laughs> men? Sure. Um, does it have anything to do with that? Yeah. It's also just fucked that like I I was a child that had lost a, a father. Yeah. And yeah. then a grown adult man. Someone because my dad and I didn't have many experiences together um he got ill when i was about 4 or 5 so most of my memories are of him like ill when and in, he's sick, in bed yeah. and when he got really so, ill he was nasty as well like he got religious and really angry and bitter oh
0: yeah
1: so i didn't really have any of those like formative experiences with a dad kind of thing so then being exposed to what was like a not a paternal figure but like a an adult male role model i remember being impressed by him like awed by him and also a little bit frightened because i wasn't used to that kind of masculine energy around but just the fact that like that person who i thought was so fab and like let us ride the lawnmowers and everything like that and was the life and soul of the party would then just think it was okay to like Mm. lie to me
0: yeah but also i think that is a uh, that is quite common with the characteristics of the men and the other people that do this kind of stuff yeah a lot of the time they say i'm currently watching some netflix series <laughs> well, obviously this episode wasn't planned <laughs> we were gonna we were meant to have a guest and then yeah uh it's now turned into this episode uh but i've been watching this series and it's all about these um girls who went to like this catholic school and stuff and they were all abused by this priest that used to teach i don't think he used to teach them but he was like he was a figure in the school like he had his own office in the school yeah. they went to like a like a chaplain yes yeah and um they everyone who's like met him was like oh he was so charming he was so charismatic and mm. i think it's part of that that mindset of that personality type yeah that they they know how to turn that on and they know how to be manipulative and to fool people and to trick people and yeah yeah it's fucked yeah that's, uh, honestly, I didn't even know that. I, that's not the what I thought you were going to talk about.
1: No, I mean, because that's the thing. Unfortunately, I've had three major experiences of, of sexual assault or, mm. or sexual violence, I guess. Um, and that is the first one. That's like my earliest, earliest memory of one, it. Yeah. And I sometimes wonder if it did. Uh, it has affected my attitude towards sex because I have noticed that sometimes I find it easier to have sex with people I don't associate sex with security or closeness or, tr- like, not really even, like, trust. Mm. I, I find it much easier to have sex with a stranger than to, with someone that I was, like, close to or in a relationship to. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe my experiences with this kind of thing have shaped that. Because I don't... I maybe look at sex as something that doesn't relate to a loving yeah, behaviour.
0: Sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, this this is part of the complication with, uh, like, sexual abuse with children and I only know this through a, a friend of mine when I was living in New York a lovely lady and she was telling me that um she was assault, like abused when she was a child mm. and she said it fucks up your head because you're a child you don't know what's going on you like most of the time you know it's wrong and that you don't want to be in that situation but at the same time physically what that person what that adult is doing to the child to the child a lot of the time it feels good Mm. Physically, just because I don't know, I feel like that's coming out wrong, but like, obviously, a lot of the time it doesn't feel good, but yeah, sometimes it does, and that's what messes with your head. Because and it can be
1: misconstrued as affection, or,
0: or, yeah, exactly, care. yeah, it, so many things that could be misconstrued as because that's um, I, I thought I was yeah. being taught,
1: something, or I thought I was having like a. Um, a boy's Um, experience with with something that I had missed
0: out on. Yeah, you were, like, bonding with this guy who was, like, a father figure to you. Yeah. That's almost... Like, that, to me, is also just completely fucked that you would... Like, obviously, the touching children is fucked anyway, but to mess with a child's head and fuck them up psychologically like that... Yeah. um, Oh, it's just fucking evil, but...
1: Yeah, so... Uh yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that, but that is my that's the my first run in with that kind of situation. Do you feel like you're traumatized from it? Or no. I no. mean, primarily because like I said I I would I would make a joke about it 10 yeah, years sure. ago. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I had a neighbor that uh used to we used to wrestle naked." And I, I the thing is as I say, how could I not have thought that was like majorly fucked up, but it just seemed like something you would make an off-the-cuff joke about, like an, on a sitcom or something, you know?
0: Yeah, and you just haven't realised, like, the The actual... gravity yeah, of, yeah. It, of it,
1: yeah. Mm. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think... I don't feel traumatised by it, and I... Even though, like, even talking about it now, I could feel my throat starting to go a little bit, but I don't feel bothered by it mm. on, a, on a daily on basis a daily or anything basis, like that. Yeah. It's certainly not... You know, we're going to get on to a, a, the other situation later, uh, but it's certainly not something that I feel has ruined my life or anything like that. Good. So Good. I'm just glad the guy's dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of know what you mean with regards to like it not affecting your life on like a daily basis because I was a bit like you in the sense where like, so I've, I've had two incidences that were, awful there's obviously been like tons of things over the years which i'm like i'm like okay yeah you touched me when you shouldn't have touched me and like i've times when i felt like i'd been taken advantage of and things like that yeah and we've i think we've
1: mentioned stuff like that before especially in gay world like especially early on you were kind of conditioned to think oh that's appropriate that's fine that's just what happens like people are going to grope you people will you know, like, if don't lead someone on. Like, that kind of thing. You're going to walk through a bar and someone's going to try and finger you and you just have to sort of get
0: on with it, especially if you're a chicken, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to talk about, like, one of the times it happened to me because I'm not sure if I want to go into the detail of the first time. Okay. Also, I've decided that I'm going to write a book, which I've started. So the details of both the stories will be in there. Yeah. Um, But the second time was when... I think I was 25 and we were going to Gran Canaria and it was like, a it was, it was a group holiday and I'd been twice before and the first two times, like I loved it. But after the second time I was kind of like, all right, I need a bit of a break. Mm. And even that second time it was, no, that, you know what? That second time was fine. And it was just, I, I, I wanted to go back and I wanted to experience it again, but like, with a little bit more maturity. Yeah. I felt like when I went the first two years, I was honestly like just this wild little kid that was like running around and everything. So I thought I'd go back this time, like a bit more maturity, but it was just a weird group of people that I went with. So it was like me, two boys who I was friends with at the time, who I don't even speak to now, and Keller. And me and Keller, we were friends, but we weren't as close like we are now. Yeah. And then Darren and my friend Hannah were flying out later that week but i didn't know that so as far as i'm concerned it's just the four of us and we land on the first night and you know when you get so excited to be on holiday and you just get fucked basically yeah so i drank so much i woke up the next day i was so hungover. i like couldn't remember bits of the night and i came home alone so i was like okay i don't want to repeat that tonight i kind of like want to be with it i want to at least be able to flirt with people And so on the second night, I decided I'm going to do drugs because I don't black out when I'm on drugs. I mean... (laughs) 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 Well, this story's (laughs) going to challenge that. (laughs) (laughs) And so we was out the second night and everything, and then they all wanted to go home, and I didn't. So I stayed out with this boy. Do you know how... Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. So I stayed out with him. And me and him were sort of like we were like fickle friends like we were never really that close but we went through a phase of h- him being like inviting me out all the time yeah and it almost had like a very close friend vibes but i would never sit down and have a deep conversation with him yeah so we're out this night and at this point we're not we'd already drifted apart before this um but i was like okay i'll start out of him like he's my friend and then we would got separated in the club and He had G on him, so he was giving me G, and we separated in the club, and then I used to get this thing where if I took too much G, I would kind of, I used to call it like blips, and I think I've spoken to you about these before, Mm. where you kind of close your eyes and then you open your eyes and you're almost somewhere completely different.
1: Yeah, didn't you, you said you had one where you opened your eyes and you were like on a train or something like that. Yeah, and like in the middle of the road
0: in a pair. Oh, that was it. (laughs) In a pair of leather knee-high boots. (laughs) so we've like got separated and I've started looking for him and I can feel myself going funny so I've started to panic a little bit so I'm kind of frantically looking for him but then it was like the blip situation where I'd close my eyes and then I'd open them and then I'd be outside the club and then I'd be in the middle of the dance floor and then I was like walking through like the cruising area and there's only really one club in Grand Canary that has a cruising space like this um, and then basically literally the next time i opened my eyes i was on the floor with like this fat fuck inside me and it was so like disorientating because i literally opened my eyes and you're kind of like half on the floor mm. um and i didn't even like second think or anything i just pushed him off me and ran out and i don't know if that was maybe because i'd sort of learn a little bit from the first time around that like i can't i can't just sit there in shock and let it happen i felt like i kind of had to act so i just like pushed him off me ran outside the club and i'm literally like i'm standing outside the club now like with no shirt on and just my trousers and i'm like where's everything that i had Mm. like where's my hat where's my phone where's all of this stuff and i just went running back to the room there was nobody in there but all of my stuff was on the floor okay so I was like, okay, that's a bit weird, but I was like, I'm just obviously grateful that my stuff is there. And yeah, I just, I I knew that situation was rape, but the first one, I never considered that rape mm. for a long time. And then I tried to like relay the story to my brother and my brother was like, oh, so what you're saying is that you were raped? And I was like, no, 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 like I, I wouldn't really say that. And it was a bit like you, you're kind of trying to justify the situation. Yeah
1: because it feels like such a big word as well
0: yeah it is a big word it is and like i'm a bit like you i'll 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 sit there and make a joke about it because look i just feel like life's a simulation i can (laughs) make a joke about most things but it's kind of like it was sort of this thing where i didn't really deal with at the time and i couldn't i was on holiday with three people who i wasn't really that close to so i felt like i was like suffering in silence for like four days and it was like the days after that were like quite painful so it was difficult for me to kind of just go on acting like nothing had happened and I knew that I was in a bad mood every day because of that but I just felt like so ashamed that I couldn't even bring it up to to these people that I was with Mm -hmm. and I just felt like when I was trying to sleep like the night after that and the night after that like I just felt like he had, like, taken something from me and I couldn't get it back. Mm. And I feel like that's such a cliche way to describe it, but that's literally what it feels like. Yeah. And I can't, like, put a finger on what it was exactly that I feel like he'd taken or anything, but it's just, like, this thing where I'm like... (sighs) Where I'm like... You fucking took something from me without permission and it... (laughs) I just felt like helpless, like what can I do about that? Like I, I don't know who this person is. I fucking wish I knew who it was. Yeah. But you don't. And then anyway, like a few days later, Darren and Hannah turned up. And honestly, like when <laughs> when they come through the door, I just I felt like I wanted to cry, but I I don't think I did. But I just felt like they would never know like how much it meant to me hmm. just them being there. And I didn't tell either of them at that time. I think I told them at a later date. I definitely told Darren, I know that. Um, but you know when it was just like, oh my God, like the familiarity yeah. of having somebody Just there. feeling like
1: a support, almost. Even yeah. if they, even if it wasn't like sharing with them, just having someone that you felt safe with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like a security. It was just like a, like it felt like home, but in a person. Mm. Um. So, like, thankfully, after that, I kind of, like, mentally and stuff, I pulled myself together again. Were you concerned about, like, like pep or anything like that? I was, but I was in Gran Canaria. Yeah. So it's not like I was, like, going to go and get pep. Yeah. Um, It was more just a case of me putting all of that to the back of my mind until I had the chance to go to a clinic. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, something that has helped me get to this point, because I remember you mentioned that you wanted to do the Me Too episode. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. uh, But I was reading Grace's book, who we had on episode two of this season, episode three of this season. Mm. And she's got a chapter in there about sexual assault. Okay. And I was reading the book, and it did trigger me. And I've never been triggered by anything about sexual assault or rape, ever. Mm. I've watched tons of documentaries, tons of TV shows that have it in, and I've never once felt triggered. Yeah. And I don't know why, maybe it's because it was my friend and I was reading it, and she. I feel like she writes kind of similar to me. So it was maybe like that relatability for me. Um, and also I was quite hungover, but I was reading this chapter and I just sat there and bawled my eyes out for about two, three hours. Mm. Obviously still... S- Trying to do it in silence so that, like, my brother and his friends can't hear because, again, it's just not something that is spoken about or really, I don't know, maybe necessarily needs to be spoken about. Yeah. I didn't feel like I needed to speak about it with those people anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I, re- I read this nice, I just burst into tears and I couldn't stop crying. And then I was like, oh my God, like, maybe these two incidents have affected me more than I've realized and it is something that I've repressed. Yeah so immediately like that later that day like a few hours later i started writing my book and that was the first chapter that i started with because i think from reading hers it made it so fresh in my mind and then i was suddenly it, it was like you almost had like little flashbacks and stuff and then you just start reliving things and i felt like i just have to get this out on paper so that it's not sitting in my head anymore mm. and there's definitely something cathartic about it yeah
1: it's weird, because what you... Well, I was actually feeling a bit... Obviously, like, listening to you tell that story was emotional as well. Because, like, I could feel that you were getting emotional. Um But also, what you're describing is, is similar to one of the things... The other things that happened to me. Um Not to be like, I've gone through this too... But you know what I mean, like... Uh, cause... All right, Tommy two shits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I've just been for a poo. And then Tommy's like, well, I've had I two mean, shits. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no but what you were saying like i, I think because the feeling of being incapacitated mm. in that way because i basically a, a couple of years ago when i I'd, I'd just come back i think it's 2018 i'd just come back from edinburgh festival Fringe. We, uh, yeah after doing the sex shows the sex there shows, for a month yeah so me and a friend went out to sort of celebrate me being back we hadn't seen each other for a month so we went out we had a good night out got drunk not, like, out of control drunk, though. And we're generally both quite good drinkers. I've never... I never get myself, like, messy, messy. Really. And we went... Even
0: even now, I feel like you're trying to justify it, regardless of whether yeah. you're blackout drunk. this is it, yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. But... You're not the one that's in the wrong for drinking.
1: And the thing... But it wasn't... This is the thing. It wasn't even drink. So we went to a club afterwards, and we get talking to a couple there. One uh, straight guy... And one drag queen, and they were like, "Oh, why don't we get like we'll go back to ours and we'll have a like we'll have a party there because I think the club was closing or something like that." And where are you now? You'd come from Edinburgh, but you're where? In Soho. Soho got you. So we were like, "Yeah, sure, okay, we'll all go back there and like you know the this." I remember the straight guy being quite fit and being like he. Like you know you get a bit like oh maybe I've got a chance because he said oh I've never kissed a guy before like even though he was getting off with drag queens so he was like I've never kissed a guy before and I think I got off with him and that was what the, another thing that was kind of steering the, me wanting to go back to this party so we're leaving and then the straight guy kind of like just disappeared and the drag queen was like oh he'll meet us there he'll meet us there so we got into a taxi with her and the taxi takes us back to this apartment and it's like an, it, it's a normal looking apartment and who's and who's we? Me and my friend. Okay. Do I know them? Yeah. Okay. So we went back to this apartment. Nice place near where I live, actually. It's, it was in Hackney Central. And um, the apartment looked fine. Like it wasn't, it didn't look like a CD place or anything. We sat down, we were just having a chat. And she offered us some drugs. And we both did some, like a bump off a key each. Mm. I was out like a light. And the next thing I know, I woke up and she was there, wig off, have uh, performing oral sex on me. And I just remember so clearly the feeling of like sheer paralysis mm. and just not being able to like, I was like, I can't, I, almost because I'd woken up and I was still in a bit of like, there's still a bit of alcohol days and everything like that. And I was like, and it was morning. It was like, we'd gone from like night to daylight so there was the element of disorientation. I was like, and who the fuck is this? Because they didn't have the wig on anymore. So I was like, it's yeah, is yeah. This a different, what's happening? And I remember just laying there and being like, I don't know what to do. And they kind of like, not, must have noticed that I'd woken up and then just like looking at me and like smiling while they had that like dick in my, they my dick in their mouth. And I was just like, get off me. And sort of like kicked my legs and rolled away. Yeah, yeah. And then. As I'm sort of getting up and rolling away and they were like, I could hear them being like, chill out, chill out. My friend comes stumbling out of another room and was like, we need to get out of here now. And I was like, OK, like, I didn't really even ask any questions. I was just like, make sure I got my shit. And we like ran out the door, ran down these fire escape stairs together and got out the front, got like a few steps away from the building. And I was like, did you see what was that like? I was like, because they were basically they were having sex with me and he was like yeah that, that's what they just did to me in the other room and we were both like i don't know what to do so we, we were like i remember we stood there and deliberated and we were like what well, because i was a, a, in a relationship as well and i was like we're gonna be it was the shame thing it was like the thing of like I'm, he's going to be furious. He's going to think I've got myself drunk and... And like, you've
0: done it. You've done this and I've cheated yeah. or something. Yeah. But,
1: but something that was completely outside of my control. Mm. And my friend was like, yeah, I'm in the like, same boat. And the two of us, there and then, we were both like, I guess we just pretend it never happened. And I remember going home and for days afterwards, I felt like something had crawled inside my brain and wouldn't go away. Mm. Like some little disgusting insect or something was, like, in the back of my head and I couldn't get rid of it. And I felt guilty about that for years. And even now, we all t- when we talk to each other very occasionally, and we saw her as well in a club a few months ago, she looked a bit different, so I didn't recognise her, but he was like, that's the person. I was just like, I don't even know what to do. I don't, like, what do I do? Go over and be like, you drugged us and did this to us or something like that and with the thing is we'll joke about it now but it'll be in a really dark way it'll be like yeah that night we went out and you know got sexually assaulted lol yeah yeah it like it's it's really hard to i, I just felt grubby for like something
0: who dirty who who is this drag persona she i have no known. idea no no, no, no nobody oh
1: no name i don't like it wouldn't be someone that anyone would recognize oh, okay um so I don't know who... Like, aside from them being pointed out to me recently, I, I wouldn't know them
0: in a line-up. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing as well. I feel like once it gets to, like, a certain point, like, what can you do? Mm. Even if you did know who it was, what, you're going to tell the police that they sexually assaulted you? When you went home and did their drugs? And also, but when it was so long ago and you've got no proof and no evidence, Yeah. Like the police, their hands are tied. I Only ever told one other person. yeah. It, regardless, you could have told tons of people, but like if they they're not gonna like put charges against somebody, I don't think without evidence when it was that long ago. Mm. And also um, the thing is, I think stuff I like know. that
1: happens all the time. Yeah,
0: like yeah, in like chill outs and things like that. Percent, one hundred percent, all the time.
1: And it, it, that was another. Again, it was like struggling to put a name to it. Yeah, but it was sexual assault. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was someone looked like, and that what? I, and I was like, well, and then I kept thinking, but my dick was hard. So was that my fault? You know like what my dick was hard? Why was it why was my dick hard when this person was that I didn't even felt like would never have fancied in a
0: million years, looked like a fucking butterball. Like Yeah, but this is this is what I'm saying with regards to like the child thing as well. It's not about a mental attraction. It's mm. about purely physical attraction. Like if you touch a dick in a certain way, it's gonna get hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, you know, no, it must have been like morning wood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were slave, I know so, that from yeah. a, from
1: a like a, a sense, a logical standpoint. I know mm. there was nothing. It was my body's like circadian rhythms or whatever. Like my my dick was just hard because I was asleep and it was the morning. But I just kept thinking, why didn't my dick immediately like shrivel like a prune and drop? Mm. Like, why was I just laying there in paralysis? Why didn't I do something?
0: Yeah, but. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, so many people won't understand just how paralyzing shock is.
1: Yeah, but that's why I'm so angry because I'd already. So there was a. There's a situation that happened in between these two situations. So there's the thing with the guy mm-hmm. when I was a child, and there was that which was 2018, and in between, there's what I feel is arguably the worst one, which happened in 2013 when I had just started at QX. <laughs> um, when I had just started at QX and I was there I started as a sales executive so I was like in charge of like bringing in advertising and hitting it revenue goals and stuff and I remember like it, well, you know working at QX you go out and they expect you to sort of like meet a lot of promoters and stuff and show your face at certain things and yeah. I was being really proactive because for me this was like a dream job for me I really wanted to work at QX advertising wasn't really my thing but I wanted to make like a good impression and hit the targets and stuff and So I'd gone out and like introduced myself to one of these promoters at their night. Got talking and you know how they do. They give you like free drinks tokens and you chat to them. And the thing is, I feel embarrassed to say, but of course, there was a little bit of like harmless flirtation because you obviously you're selling something. And I think
0: 100%
1: you're like you're being like friendly and you want to sort of like stroke the ego. And maybe there's an issue with that there. But that's what was happening
0: again, regardless flirting with somebody does not give them permission yeah to bypass your consent so what what happened was we got talking
1: and i was saying oh you know like we can do some really fun stuff like maybe we can talk about editorial and if you want to like pay more this is what we can do and he said oh why don't you why don't we meet up because it was in a club night and it was busy and loud and stuff like that and he was like why don't we meet up and it's not unusual like why don't we meet up and talk about it more and it's not unusual to do that you know you would go to like for ad sales you would go to their bars or stuff like that or like a cafe and you would chat and talk about rates and agree a deal so i agreed to meet him i think it was on a friday evening and i remember it was a friday because push the button was happening in voxel that night and i had planned basically to go and do this and then uh, meet up with my friends afterwards because it was in the south london area i think it was like camberwell no kennington or something like that oval So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go push, push the button is the RVT at the RVT, the the pop night. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why this, uh, the stupidity of this, the address that was given to me, either I just didn't check what it was, or I just kind of took it like as expected it to be a public place. And it didn't look like a a private residence or anything like that. So I get to this address and there would already been a bit of like a, an incident before that, because I got, halfway there and then the, my phone died and I lost the directions so I'd had to go back to that Starbucks in Vauxhall plug my phone and wait for it to come back on and there were already these Aggie messages from the promoter like are you like are you going to stand me up are you wasting my time or something like that and I was like oh no no sorry I just phone died and like I was on a bit of the back foot at that point so I like was rushing to get there I get there and it's like the only way I can describe it was like temporary housing so it was like, what gates. Does that look like So it was like there was a big gate. You know when people go to like medical school or a building site or something and for, I imagine if they were living on site in one of those like mobiles, you know those like thin walled buildings.
0: Yeah, like, yeah but it's it's like a rectangle. So it's it's like a port like a you know the toilets in a VIP area yeah, of a festival. Just like that. Got but you. imagine a
1: bunch of those stacked like two rows of them stacked on top of each other. And I was a bit like this oh. looks a bit ghetto yeah so i was like this looks a bit dodgy but i sort of messaged and i was like i think i'm at the right place and they're like oh yeah yeah i'll come down and get you so they come down and i was a bit like already like okay this is a bit weird but if it means getting the because i saw this is the stupid thing of it i was so focused Mm. on doing like a good job and getting the the sale and stuff that i just kind of like was bypassing a bunch of what, what obviously red flags yeah like the 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 shitty behavior about being like, but then club promoters tend, like they're they're hormonal and they're mood swingy So I get there and we go and we go into what is obviously an apartment, his flat. And the first thing I remember is it, it just stank of cigarettes, like old 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 cigarettes. That's somebody who S- smoked smoking like smoking Red. a chain, and with no windows open. And I was already feeling so I started feeling a bit like gaggy already. I get there and we're talking and then he offers me a drink and I was like, okay, well, I will have a drink. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'll have two drinks and then I'll, we'll get this deal done or whatever. Or if it doesn't happen, then I'll just say, look, it's, it's getting late and I'll, I'll go and meet the guys at Push the Button. Because I think it was only like 6 or 7 p.m. So we start talking and it's clear that he's just not really listening to, like, talking about the magazine. And the conversation he's giving is keeps coming around to, like, men he's fucked or, like, you know, how he... Running his parties, like he always used to get with these guys, and the guys were always learning. He would like start describing like sexual things that were happening, and I would keep trying to drag the conversation back onto like work stuff. And then I don't know, he started to get the only way I can describe it is agitated, either like agitated at the memories he was talking about. Because he would start talking about exes, like, when he was talking about the guys that he'd, he'd slept with and stuff, and then it would bring him onto the subject of exes, and then he'd be like, well, he left me, and he did this, and, like, he fucked off and found another guy, and it was sort of like getting worked up, and obviously he's drinking while he's talking, and he was having substantially more drinks. Like, I was nursing this, like, warm, I think it was like a vodka and coke or something. I was nursing it, and he's like, so, and he starts smoking and, like, literally chaining the fags and stuff like that. He starts getting more and more agitated, and I was starting to feel really sick, like disorientated. I was wearing contact lenses and like they were like drying out because of all the smoke and everything. Whoa. But I'd had, we got to the point where I'd had two drinks so I wasn't 100% on the level anymore. And the conversation started going really weird. And it was something like to do, it started like being more overtly sexual towards me. And I thought to myself, you know what, I need to get myself out of here. I think this is not going in the direction I wanted it to. I can just cut it off now go for a walk shake this weirdness off me so i said something like i think i'm gonna go now like we can pick this up another time and he went i don't think you should leave and i i remember thinking well i'm sorry like didn't you know like oh time's getting on and you know i, I kind of he's like i think it would be really bad for you if you left now like i think it'd be a bad idea if you left now and i was like thinking and you know that feeling you know when you break out in like a cold sweat or you feel your stomach start to go through the floor i was like i almost felt like this noise in my head of like Mm. and thinking is this going in a like what is happening now yeah and he seemed really agitated and jumpy and like when i tried to stand up he stood up at the same time as well and i was like okay what do i do do i either like do i like run is is this happening is this happening do i run for the door or Mm -hmm. like do i try and so i thought like the thing i should do is try and like placate him a bit Mm. and be like look we can pick this up another time um you know you don't have to like don't worry about it you know we can talk about this another time you've got my facebook or something like that and he just got more and more aggravated and I got more and more scared and I just felt like I couldn't think clearly because of all of the smoke and everything like that so I ended up sitting and like Sitting with him for, like, a couple of hours more while he just constantly, like, smoked and ranted about stuff. And then he was, like, this is so fucked up. He was, like, come and talk to Teddy. And he had this, like, toy bear. And he was, like, Teddy's going to be really upset if you leave now as well. And I was just, like, I don't know what to do. And, like, I was almost feeling like I had to start, like, playing along with this. But I felt so... This is what I said. I felt so disorientated so frightened and then he started saying like you know if if you left now I would hate to have to like let your work know that you'd led me on and all this other stuff and I was like I don't know what to do because I was absolutely terrified like for me this was my dream job and I was like the idea and also the embarrassment I felt like there was a level of embarrassment of being accused of trying to, like, shag a... He kept saying, you can't just fuck a promoter for free drinks, you know? And I was like, that's not what happened. You gave me a bunch of, like, drinks tickets yesterday while we were talking. I didn't use you for anything. Anyway, long story short, it got so... fucked up and weird that I ended up basically laying on the bed with him. And then I felt so paralysed that I just let him have sex with me. I didn't know what to do with it. I thought, and I, I kept thinking to myself, "You know better than this. You should be punching the guy. Like you should be mm. like kicking him. Like like th- Buffy, do this. Like yeah, yeah, But I just remember we. I just laid there like a fucking dead bird, and let him have sex with me. And then worse, and then I just remember laying there all night, all night. I could hear my fuck. Cause my phone was across the room on the table. I remember I could hear it buzzing. Like my friends, my, like asking me where I was. Like, uh, am I coming to push the button? I remember just laying there, breathing in all that old stale smoke. And literally I didn't sleep. I was waiting until like the sun came up because I just also like the nighttime of it was something that like felt frightening. Like, where was I going to do run out into this this gated area that he'd let me into and and I was going to scale the gate. I just laid there. I'm so pissed off at myself for doing that. But I remember just thinking, okay, if I just this was the thing, it was like to keep him calm. It was like, if I just do this, then the next morning, then I can say I've got to go home Mm. and then I can just forget it ever happened. So I did that. Didn't sleep. I remember waking up. Eyes, the contact lens was so dry. I remember I felt sick. I felt disgusting. I felt like I smelled horrible. And again, it was that thing of like I felt like a rat had crawled inside my soul. Mm. And I remember like being like, okay, well I've got to go because I've got things to do. And it was Saturday, and I was like, I've I've got some plans. But it was, and I remember doing like I, I think I said something like I had a lovely time. And then I just got out of there and ran for my life. Mm. And then afterwards, because he had my number, he started behaving like we were in a relationship. So I get these messages that were just like, can't wait to see you again tonight or something. We'd made no plans for tonight. So I was like, I don't uh, So I just think, and it, it was again, the threat of like being like in trouble at work or something like that. Because I yeah, get thinking sure. I've done something really inappropriate. I've crossed a barrier with a, call it, what, do, what do you call it? A client. Client, yeah. Um. I've done something wrong here. It's my fault. I'm going to lose my job. He's going to pull his advertising. I'm we're going. To, I'm going to lose the magazine money, and it's going to f- fuck up everything. And I'm going to get in trouble for it. So he was saying to me all these messages like, "Oh, I'm going to see you," and I kept trying to reply to them like, "Sorry, I I don't think we made any plans tonight. I'm I'm really busy. And I'm I've got a really full work week, or something like that." Obviously, that did nothing. He went apeshit and started spamming my phone from like four different numbers. <gasps> it was like ringing off the hook, buzzing with messages. I'm talking like. <laughs> just constant. So I had to block all the numbers. I blocked him on. Look, then he sent me all of these abusive messages on Facebook. He'd be like, I'm going to tell Cliff you did this. You can't just use promoters for quick fucks and, and drinks. I was like, I didn't want any of those things. These things you did to me. Um, also,
0: it wasn't a quick fuck, you idiot. I was there fucking four hours with a cloudy smile. Yeah. Oh, He makes me feel sick. Even though, like, just say, for example, like any guy, not this guy, any guy in that situation, that whole character type, Makes me feel physically ill. Yeah. I know exactly the kind of person that you're talking about. I'm really
1: twitchy and edgy. So I was like, it, he could just snap at any moment. And I thought, am I going like That's why I kept thinking the best way to get out of this is to placate him because this seems like someone that could just, the more he'd got drunk and the more he'd talked about like these guys that had fucked him over and all of this other stuff. And there was a bunch of other stuff about like various things that had gone wrong in his life and how he'd been, he was always moving around. And I kept thinking, this is why he's living in like what looks like a porta potty. Mm. Like, this is what's going on here um and i think there was clear there was clearly a mental health thing going on and question
0: sorry no it's not really to do with the the topic at hand but
1: what's with the fucking bear oh my god well it was part of his branding so yeah like
0: he was very self-identified as a bear so there was a whole thing with that as well. Okay, but, like, you can identify as a bear. That doesn't mean, like, your stuffed animals have to talk. It was so,
1: talk to Ted. It, it was so, do you, I, I, it seems so unreal. Literally, talk to Ted, talk to Frank. But it so, I ended up blocking him on all, like, everything. Mm. All these numbers, block, blocked him on Facebook, like, even preemptively, I think, went and found, like, his Twitters and everything like that and blocked him. So then I went to work the next Monday thinking it was all done and done, like, there was, I don't know. And, of course, like, then he's emailed And said what? Saying that I'd, like, used him and messed him around or something like that. And I felt so embarrassed because actually mentioned it to me afterwards and was like, look, I've got this really angry message from so-and-so, but he was like, you know, he's temperamental and we know this, but he was like, if you've you've done something, you might want to, like, tell the publisher about it just so that you don't get into trouble. Or, like, it was something like that. He was like, just so that like everyone knows the score or something like that, but I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed that even Cliff was, was, was even talking about it. I was like, oh no, sorry, I think there was just a misunderstanding and you know, I went to his night and stuff like that because I felt like I can't tell them that I... I don't know how... I never saw that email, so I don't know what, what information was in that email, but I know that Cliff brought it up with me and was like, you don't need to be like... You know, the club promotes temperamental, blah, 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 but like, I would talk to Ben and let him know that this has happened and stuff like that, and I was like... Absolutely not. am not going to talk about it. I just want this to not exist. I want it to have never happened. I don't want to deal with it. Um, and I don't know that he pulled it, or maybe he pulled his advertising, but I don't think he did because I feel like it would have been a bigger deal. But then, so I have been. I was dealing with that, and I think he went, I didn't hear from him for a week, anything, like there was no blowback after that email. And I kept thinking, oh, it's it's done with, like it's dealt with. I just forget it ever happened. Mm-hmm. But I I, I still felt, the only way I can describe it is dirty or sticky, like something that I couldn't get off myself. I kept, like, I couldn't, like, I could smell that smoke all the time and that sticky eye feeling. So I go to Dalton Superstore and I bump into, like, one of my friends, Johnny, Johnny Yee-hee.
0: Oh, I know Johnny, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we were, like, at that time, we were quite friendly. We were, like, because we used to go to Misfits all together and stuff like that. And um, I got there and he was being really, really off, like, really odd. Johnny was. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, is something up? Like, why? Because I, I think I was just, like, because I already felt, like, down. And I was like, why, now why is someone else being, like, funny with me? What's going on? I asked him. and He was like, well, someone's told me that you're going to, like, clubs and pretending to be me. And, like, using my name to get free drinks and free entry. And I was like this sounds like, well, it sounds exactly like what he was, this guy was accusing me of. And I was like, would this, uh, would the person who, where did you get this information? And he was like, oh, it's just a friend. And I was like, would that friend be so-and-so? And he was like, well, yeah. And then it turned out that the guy was going around, like reaching out to basically anyone who would listen and telling them that I was running around, like stealing from them essentially, or like trying to like use their name to get things and stuff. Basically just try to destroy my entire reputation as well. Who was it? I don't want to say. Because I'm just said. frightened that it's it's gone away, but I'm so terrified
0: that it could reignite somehow. I don't I don't think so. It we like I think if you think about all of the things that he's done to you, sexual assault aside, even emailing your boss even, like, trying to spread rumours and shit about you. And obviously, I'm not trying to put you in a position where you feel uncomfortable at all. If you honestly don't want to say his name, then don't. I just think if I knew who had sexually assaulted me, I definitely would not give them any benefit of the doubt, and I definitely wouldn't... It's
1: it's not like giving them a benefit of the doubt. I just... I felt like
0: I... Yeah, sorry, I felt like that was the wrong turn of phrase. No, but you you know what I mean? Like,
1: I, I just... It's more... I this, the, Are you this of the, them? i'm not scared of them i just don't want to reignite a shit show for myself again mm. like after that like what i described that whole thing of like my phone ringing off the hook and everything like that i just i'm not i'm not willing to to go through that again cuz it was one of the most like i actually feel like i'm sweating now thinking about it yeah yeah i'm not willing to to go through that again even talking about this i, I this is why i thought about it for weeks cuz i was like is it going to is it going to start a shit show is he just gonna because i don't know where he is i think he's disappeared i haven't certainly haven't heard from him for years or or heard of him yeah but i i don't want to risk that that would happen again sure but it honestly that for me it took me so long it's so stupid it took me so long to even recognize that that was sexual assault that was rape yeah of course because i I felt like i felt guilty i felt like i had created that situation and i had to deal with the consequences of it Mm. because I, i like because i had stupidly gone to that person's home and not you know i should have turned around and said no this is inappropriate but again it was all about getting the sale it was about like maintaining good relations it was about me not wanting to fuck up yeah and i let that override my common sense
0: but it's it's so alien when you're put in that situation where you feel almost so uncomfortable that you don't know what to do and you end up doing nothing. Yeah. Um but also he f- he was fully aware of the situation that you was in and yeah you know that by the things that he said to you where he's threatening to tell your boss and then he went and told your boss anyway. Yeah. He's clearly like deranged but he's also Knows how to manipulate yeah. people, and I get what you were saying because when I was young and I started at a magazine as well, you do want to make a good impression, and it's like, okay, yeah, all right, it's only like a little gay scene magazine, but you don't know like where it's going to lead and yeah, who you're going to meet and everything like that. Um, so I'm so sorry that you had to go through that with him, yeah. I mean,
1: thanks. <laughs> I, I, what well, I, the reason I want of, I wanted to speak about this again is i think a lot of stuff like this happens um particularly in the, not not particularly but in the gay community when this happens i think there's a lot of like a lot of this is just run unchecked for a long time and there's a lot of men with a lot of money and a lot of like influence and power and there's been no oversight in terms of how these men are interacting with younger more impressionable people or yeah younger people that are trying to come up in certain industries and things like that like even things like like modeling and music and that kind of stuff there's no one there's no hr there really there's no one there was no one to monitor our interactions with club promoters or anything like that and i want and a lot i want if there are people that are listening to this and that are put into situations like that i want them to realize just get out and and like don't don't do what I did and put the needs of like your career or your worry about blacklisting yourself or anything like that. Because it's like what happened with Harvey Weinstein basically. Yeah, Is sure. Is that like Rose McGowan and Mira Salvino and people like that, if they refused to have sex with him, they were blacklisted in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And if they did, they either felt well, they were obviously they felt disgusted by themselves and they felt horrible about it, and then they got blacklisted anyway. Yeah. So you're in a no win situation. So the best thing you can do is to not put yourself through that and not allow yourself to be
0: violated, basically. Sure, I get what you're saying, but also I think like let's bear in mind that for some people it's not as easy as get out, as you and I both know. We've both had situations where we couldn't move. Yeah. So I think if you are in that situation and you can't get out the key thing to remember is just don't blame yourself yeah of it's course it's not your fault
1: of course it's but not... if, if you're in a if, if you if you're in that sort of tipping point moment where you're like do I walk away can I walk away now can I walk can, away, can now? I I walk away yeah. now and am I able to and is it safe for me to do so mm-hmm. then, then honestly do please do it do it <laughs>
0: So we are coming to the end of our Me Too episode. I think maybe we could just recap some, anything else that we want our listeners to take home with them. I think I think it's so hard to sit there and tell your story, no matter whether you're on a podcast, whether you're telling a friend. But I just think for me, when I had read what Grace had done, and I just was like, oh my God, like I could already feel it was awful, but I kind of felt better. Hmm. And I feel like you need to get that emotion out of you somehow. Yeah,
1: I feel it. it even like doing this now has felt quite cathartic, um, because
0: there's stuff that, like,
1: some of the things I talked about, I've never actually verbalized before.
0: Yeah, and it's like me that instant in Gran Canaria. I think I've told like four or five people about that. Mm. Um, so there's not there's there's not many people that know, um, and now, now there's going to be a few thousand. <laughs> yeah, but. I think as well, it will be reassuring for people, even whether you decide to speak up about it or not. That's totally up to you. Yeah, That's totally your choice and it's your truth and it's your story and you decide when you tell it, if you tell it at all. But I think even a lot of the time, just knowing that somebody has been through something, whether it's similar or, you know, just even sort of on the same level, uh, there's a reassurance in knowing that.
1: Yeah. And also that it doesn't, It doesn't define you. It doesn't doesn't, define you. It doesn't define you. You. It doesn't change you. We're two funny bitches and we've been fucking (laughs) hilarious over the last, like, however many episodes. I thought you were going to say we're two funny bitches and we've both been right. (laughs) (laughs) And that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had to end on a laugh, didn't (laughs) we? And if you have been affected by sexual assault or rape, please look at the notes in our show description where there will be some resources for you to reach out to. And if you want to follow us on social media, I have been... I'm currently suffering a ban from Instagram, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get the page back, but guys, please follow cocktails underscore cock talk. Um, our other account, our main account for the podcast, is at Cocktails Confessions. I'm at Lacelay's. Slays.
1: And at I am at I am Dom Top, And if you could go and leave us a review as well of the show on the podcast app,
0: is it? Yeah, podcast app, Apple
1: Podcasts, wherever you can leave the reviews, I guess. That would be really helpful because, yeah. you know, we want to keep producing this show. We want to keep making it. And if you, you're finding it helpful to your life, if you're enjoying it, if you're finding it funny, or you just like the sound of our voices, as someone said, buttery cockney <laughs> nonsense oh, or whatever yeah. it was. Uh you know what to
0: do, you need leave a review. <laughs> I think my headphones are caught in my hairspray. <laughs> <laughs>